point-of-care diagnostic testing, known in the industry as a laboratory in your hand, has evolved in the last decade, allowing for immediate diagnostic testing at a patient's bedside. But a new study points to perhaps some usages and healthcare benefits not previously realized, such as in the emergency room. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Peter Farrell, who's a Divisional Vice President of Marketing and Clinical Affairs for Abbott Laboratories Point of Care Business. Mr. Farrell joined Abbott Point of Care in March of 2005, and he brings with him several decades of healthcare experiences in the pharmaceutical, diagnostics, medical imaging, and biotech industries, working with Abbott for five years and at Biochem Pharma, a startup public imaging company. Peter Farrell, welcome to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks, Bruce. Well, we know in healthcare, one of the most expensive settings for costs is the emergency room. And what you're talking about is this point of care testing business. And if you could tell us a little bit about that, but also how this is going to be effective in the emergency room. Sure. First of all, the Abbott Point of Care division of Abbott Laboratories has an an analyzer called the ISTAT. There has been significant trends and changes in the emergency department across the country in the United States, and a lot of them are driven by the Medical Treatment and Labor Act from 1986, which allows people to be screened and treated in emergency medical for emergency medical conditions without any discrimination. And, And it's really made the ED a primary spot for people to go to to get care. And the emergency departments have three goals. They want to triage their patient, they want to, to treat them quickly and safely, and then they want to make sure that they're, they're working efficiently. And what we see and what some of the data points to is that there's some key metrics in the emergency department that people need to be aware of. And, and our point-of-care testing device in the emergency department, the ISTAT, can help with some of those things. So when you look at an emergency department, there's really a couple of key metrics that people look for. It's overcrowding, and there's, there's lots of evidence of that that shows the number of EDs in the United States has declined, and certainly the number of people that are visiting emergency rooms annually has gone up dramatically. There's also the boarding where, where people are in the emergency department, but they don't have a bed for them to go to, so they stay in the hall or they stay in close proximity to the emergency department, but they can't be dispositioned throughout the hospital. And the last one is just diversions, which is the number of ambulance visits that show up at the emergency department but there's no, there's no space in the emergency department and the, the ambulance has to drive to another emergency room to be able to treat that patient. So there's clearly some things that you read and see in the paper and the public all the time that are driving care and changes in the emergency department. And so when you think about also the rising number of uninsured or, uh, I mean, 45 million uninsured people, and there's a huge number of them that show up into the emergency room, that if you have devices of, of any kind that can triage these people and get them to the right place at the right time, it could it could save some dollars and potentially some lives. If you could perhaps walk us through some examples on this with this device. First of all, I'd just like to, to set the stage. You're absolutely right in that there are many uninsured people that are showing up to the emergency departments because that's their only source of, of real care. And emergency departments are certainly aware of that. And as it relates to cardiac care, for example, one of the main issues that is seen in the emergency department, chest pain, shortness of breath, the emergency departments have started to transition into different ways. They've transitioned to have chest pain centers and and different observation units so that they can actually start to categorize their patients better and put them in in units where they can observe them and not keep them in the emergency department. That has become quite popular in the United States to be able to make sure that you're putting those chest pain patients into the right 
level of care so that you can move them either through the hospital or out of the hospital efficiently. So with those tools and those, those observation and heart centers, they have started to specialize in care, which then has allowed more beds to be available for general sick people that come into the emergency department. And could you give us an idea how many beds it frees up, what kind of savings or other data points that you saw in this study? Yeah, well, specifically in this study, what we were looking at is it was done through the University of Cincinnati with other affiliated academic centers that were part of it. And there were 2,000 patients in in this randomized controlled clinical trial. It went on for over two years. And what some of the data that we were able to see from this is that it really did have an impact doing point of care testing. It did have an impact on the discharge of patients when you looked at testing being done in the central laboratory versus being done at the patient's bedside. So one of the most important things is that there are some guidelines that have been established for ACS or cardiac testing to get your troponin test done within 60 minutes, uh, preferably within 30, but mandated within within 60. This is an AHA guideline. In almost 97% of the the, the cases, the point-of-care arm was able to meet that 60-minute turnaround time where it was less than 50% with the central laboratory. And so what we were able to see is that treatment decisions we're actually sped up by almost 20 minutes with the use of the iStat point-of-care device. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Peter Farrell, who is a divisional vice president at Abbott Laboratories point-of-care business. He joins us from their offices in New Jersey, and we're talking about these new kinds of tests, point-of-care, which are essentially a laboratory in a doctor's hand to test patients. We were just talking about the benefits of this or the potential benefits, if you will, in hospital emergency rooms. And Mr. Farrell, if you could tell us how these tests are used and some examples of where the care, what kind of care is given to the right place. Sure. Well, traditionally, these types of tests, and we'll focus on on cardiac markers or those tests that are done in the emergency department, general chemistries or cardiac tests as the predominant ones, they've been traditionally done in a laboratory setting, which means that the sample will be collected from the patient and somehow they will get down to the laboratory, the tests will be run, and then the information will be sent back to the emergency department. The use of the iStat system, it changes the dynamics of how patient care is administered because you're able to get the results within two to 10 minutes. So with two drops of whole blood into a cartridge within two to 10 minutes, the healthcare professional will have the results to be able to make quicker decisions about what to do with that patient. And what kind of diagnosis would they be given? I mean, could you what, what would you diagnose somebody that they would need to be sped to a certain department right, the, right away? Well, I think that the most obvious is what we read in the paper every day, and that is for those people that are suffering from chest pain, whether or not they're having a heart attack and, and the use of cardiac markers along with other tools to be able to diagnose. Up, up to 10% of all people that enter into an emergency department have chest pain. So differentiating whether the person's having a heart attack is done on a lot of patients, but it is also very critical because those heart attack patients, the longer their, their heart muscle is being damaged because of lack of blood flow to the, to the heart muscle, the more likely they are to have an event to either cause death or permanent heart injury. And according to the study, you had said that patients were treated and discharged by hospitals as much as 44 minutes faster than those whose lab tests 
were evaluated by a standard lab. Were there any sort of data points in the study where they looked at patient outcomes or anything like that? Patient outcomes would be a landmark study that um, has been elusive to to many different people trying to monitor many different disease states because it's very difficult to do. So there wasn't really anything as it relates to the patient outcome, but certainly what we've been able to find is that there were really four key findings from the study. The first was the decrease in time for disposition, and that was up to 20 minutes faster using a point-of-care device. Then there was the finding of being able to meet the guidelines almost 98% of the time with point-of-care versus versus just 53% of the time when it was done in the central lab. The third was the length of stay, which you mentioned, in, in a reduction between 22 to 44 minutes. And in these cases, that equated to almost 60 hours of bed space monthly, which could be significant because each day a bed is occupied in the emergency department would cost the, the institution or the providers somewhere between three to $4,000. And especially at a teaching hospital where they're supposed to be caring for the sickest patients and their costs are a lot higher if you can get people in and out of a teaching hospital quicker into the right place for less acute conditions, the potential for money saving is is probably huge. Yeah, and Bruce, you you really did hit on what what the advantage of -of point-of-care testing is. It is to not only make a quicker diagnosis to a patient who's sick to get them to the right place, whether it be the cath lab or to have open-heart surgery or, or to move them on to the ICU if they're septic to be able to diagnose that, but it's also to be able to get the patients that aren't really sick out of the emergency department so that they're not taking up bed space for somebody who is sick. And what about the adoption of this? Is this primarily with these type of devices? Are they being used predominantly in the hospital, nursing home? I mean, do more need to be used in the emergency room? Is that sort of a new area? I think with the menu and the evolution of cardiac testing that there is more point-of-care testing now starting to be used in the emergency department to follow guidelines. This has been widely used in the ICUs and other places of the hospital, the NICUs, to do blood gases for for many years. But as the menu expands, and, and the ISTAT menu is very extensive, does blood gas testing, chemistry testing, coagulation, and, and cardiac markers, it really does provide you the flexibility to do many different disease states, to check on many different disease states of a patient very quickly. And all there, you really do have a lab in, in, in your hand. And also, do you see, just looking down since you brought it up, the potential evolution of these type of devices to test? Uh, you talked about the various cardiac markers, if you will. Look into the future and see potentially what other tests do you think these devices could do? Well, I think, quite frankly, any test that you can use the results within 10 minutes to be able to make a better diagnosis of a, of a patient's disease state could be a test that could be added to the menu of the ISTAT system. It really is that simple. Think about a test that needs to be done quickly, and that is the type of test that would go on the ISTAT device. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Peter Farrell, a vice president at Abbott Laboratories Point of Care Business, who has been our guest. We've been talking about diagnostic testing, point-of-care testing that gets folks in and out of the hospital emergency room faster, or at least that is the end goal. I am Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. I'd like to thank Peter Farrell again, who has been our guest. And you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments or suggestions about this or any other show, please call us at 888-MD-XM157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the CDC Flu View Update, provided by the Influenza Division of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This week's featured speaker is Dr. Joseph Bruzzi, Epidemiology and Prevention Branch Chief in CDC's Influenza Division.
In this week's influenza update, we'll mark the traditional start of CDC's influenza surveillance year. While CDC conducts surveillance for influenza year-round, the first week of October marks the point when CDC begins to post weekly updates of national influenza activity on our website. During this last week, low levels of influenza activity have been observed in the country. Only seven states reported sporadic influenza activity, while 41 states and the District of Columbia reported no activity. Less than 1% of the specimens tested in the surveillance laboratories were positive this last week, and the proportion of deaths attributed to pneumonia and influenza, and the proportion of outpatient visits for influenza-like illness remained at low levels as well. This week, CDC published three years from its surveillance of pediatric influenza-associated deaths, which is now a nationally notifiable disease. In this report, CDC highlights that while pediatric influenza deaths are uncommon, the proportion of those deaths among children that also have a Staph aureus co-infection increased during the three-year period from 2% in 2004-05 influenza season to 30% in the 2006-07 season. Physicians are asked to suspect Staph aureus pneumonia in patients presenting with influenza who also have severe respiratory symptoms and also suspect co-infection in patients with a history of staph skin infection and severe respiratory illnesses. The full recommendations, as well as surveillance data from CDC, can be found on CDC's influenza website. You've been listening to the CDC Flu View Update, provided by the Influenza Division of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For more details on this week's show or to download the segment, visit us at ReachMD.com and tour the CDC's FluView website at cdc.gov forward slash flu. Hi, this is Dr. John Jernigan with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.